My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances. Whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities, or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death, we all want to know, what happened next? To find out, listen to Womanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Honey German. My parents are Dominican. I was born and raised in New York City. I love sneakers and I'm a body positive advocate. I'm Carolina Bermudez. Soy Nicaragüense, but I was born and raised in Ohio. I'm a wife, a mama, and a worker bee. This This is is Life in Spanglish. Spanglish. Are you good? I'm good. I'm good. That term right there. That term right there. (laughs) You good? Yo, you good? Because you got to do the check-in. You got to do the check-in. Like, how you doing? You good? I'm good. Yes, definitely. I, I use that for everything. Yo, you good? You need money? Yo, you good? You hungry? Yo, you good? You got beef? I'm here for you. Whatever it is that you need me to cover, I got you. Yeah, we from New York. That term can go left or it could go right. You decide. Well, that's so funny, too, because if you say, are you good down south, that's not the same as a New Yorker. Nah. We on the train. You looking at me? I'm like, yo, you good? Exactly. That could diffuse the situation. But then it's like you're checking in on your friends. You good? You're, that's concern. You know what I mean? Like these are just the isms of New Yorkers. So I love that. I love that I'm in now, you know? There you go. You've been here long enough. I have. I feel like I have. So no, um, you know what? We were just discussing this because you had mentioned to me a long time ago to watch this Netflix documentary on, uh, Rita Moreno. And I was like, oh, honey, you know, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. One day I'll get to it. And then I finally watched it. And when I tell you that it blew me away, there were so many things that applied to my own life where it's like, oh my gosh, I really felt what she was going through. And it made me think about, you know, people who have influenced us throughout life, Mm -hmm. you know, people who have been the trailblazers, for little brown girls like you and me. And she is definitely one of them, you know? So I was just shocked that it took me forever to actually see it. I just watched it again Saturday night. I wanted my mother-in-law to watch it because she's Mm -hmm. a Puerto Rican who migrated, you know, to Brooklyn. And I was like, you will love this. And I learned so many different things about her all over again. I guess I was more focused, but it was good. I loved it. I can watch it a third time if somebody wanted to watch it. You know, one of the things that really resonated with me was 
you know, after she won her award and did the biggest movie of her career, things slowed down for her. And for years, nothing else popped off. And I was like, yo, it's so crazy how, you know, when you have a little bump in the road, when it comes to your career, you feel like, oh shit, it's over. And then she just boom, back on the scene and still on TV. It's so funny because what you're talking about, um, honey, is after she won the Oscar for West Side Story, Mm -hmm. all of the opportunities started to kind of like dry up for her. And she also, I think, was being a little more selective about the projects that she was going to tie herself to at that point. Right. and And I thank her for that. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's like, I think she even talked about questioning herself and her worth and like, you know, what am I doing? And it's so crazy because one of my friends has been going through that same transition in her life with her job and career. And I am telling you, I literally sent this meme yesterday to her. It says, when we stop trying during difficult times, we abandon ourselves. And it's so true with this story. Because she persevered, she was able to do a children's project, which she then won an Emmy for. The whole EGOT situation was right behind her the whole time. And it's so mind-blowing because she could have just sat back and said, well, I got the Oscar. You know, she could have said that, you know. It's but so didn't. true. It's so true. But then it's like, even through that, like even working through her own struggles, she reached so many different audiences that she probably never would have had she just stayed in that space of feeling sorry for herself or thinking, no, there's no more right projects for me. And like this whole podcast is not going to be about Rita Moreno. It's going to be about people who have influenced us, you know? It could be though. I have so many things I want to talk about. What's up behind the scenes? You know, because- she dealt with suicidal thoughts. Oh my gosh. Abortion, you know, marriage, controlling husband, just a million things. I hate Marlon Brando. We can we can end the Rita Moreno talk right now with that one. It was nuts, you guys. So if you haven't watched it, I mean, it's been out for ages now. I mean, it's been out for a while and um, you can revisit it. And I'm telling you, it is so worth it because there were so many things that happened throughout her career that I felt really hit me because I felt like I've gone through some of those very same things. You know, it's like, um, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, you know, being out in LA and really trying to dip my toe into the acting world and only being given auditions to be a gangster or a prostitute or a chola or you know what I mean? And and those are those are real legit auditions that I went to. And if you look at me, I mean, yes, you're an actress. You have to play the part. But why couldn't I be the funny best friend or why couldn't I be the leading role? You know what I mean? So it's just it, it has shown that despite where we are now and how long it's been since somebody like Rita was in the industry. I mean, she's still in the industry, but I'm saying like, since when she started that very same thing is still happening, but we are changing that dialogue, you know? So I just felt like it was just so rich in her story for people who need motivation or inspiration. You have got to sit down and watch her story because it's truly remarkable. It is. It, It really, really is. It hit me. Definitely. But there are other people too, that I've like been going back and trying to think about like who influenced me in my career. It all goes back for me to Daisy Fuentes, man. It all goes back to Daisy. I'm telling you, because when I was little, I was obsessed with MTV. All And, and I mean, now look at me. I think that it was basically like uh, I was educating myself before I even got into radio or TV, you know? And it's like, I would just be so focused on every day when I would get home from school, turning on MTV and seeing where they were. And for the very first time, I remember seeing Daisy and I was like, oh my gosh, 
she's like me. And it gave me that hope. And I was like, I want to do what she's doing, you know? So it's like, there are a handful of people throughout my career that I've looked at that I can say have definitely influenced me. But are there, is there anybody that you can remember, honey? You know, it's weird because like, not career wise, but I, I remember watching Jennifer Lopez behind the music. I was like, I still, I was still living at home, small bedroom in our basement apartment. And I saw it and it was late. It was like 10 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. And it just showed like her journey and like, okay, so she's from the Bronx. This is what she did. This is how she started. And it just, it motivated the hell out of me. Like, I still remember that night, like my heart beating so fast, like seeing someone do it. Someone who was from where I was from, a Latina who still kept her name, who was still Jennifer Lopez. And she was still like Jenny from the block. That's when that right. was all popping off. The yeah. music was like, it was like the height of her musical career. I just felt so inspired. And so like, yo, I could do something big with my life. I didn't think at that moment, like, oh, I can be a singer too, because obviously I don't have the voice, but I yeah. saw it and I was like, yo, I can do some shit like this. I could go to Hollywood too. And that was, you know, that was like what, like the early 2000s when, you know, it was all, every magazine was a white actress. It was like, you know, the people from Friends and stuff like that, people from Sex in the City. So to see Jennifer Lopez break through, that shit gave me so much hope. And it still gives me hope now. Like I see her now in her 50s still kicking ass and i'm like yo you know what even if it takes me 10 more years to take to, to get to the top it'll be all good because look at this woman kicking ass at 52 no totally but it's like that's that's where the latin explosion came in and but it was like you really did not have a lot of women that were involved in it you had ricky martin you had enrique iglesias mm -hmm. who you know at that point became like real household names mark anthony had his english single that came out at that point you know so it was like she was really the only woman at that time that yeah. was mm -hmm. we wanted to be her i bought the j-lo perfumes i bought the j-lo clothes i wanted to do everything i knew all the songs all the albums i watched all the music all the movies j-lo was it really j-lo was it. and she was attractive she was curvy let's not forget about you know introducing our shape to hollywood and totally. feeling being feeling more accepted you know it's crazy because she didn't have this huge ass but it was ass for hollywood it was a lot of ass and it just made me feel more comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, okay, so now the booty is in. Because I've always had booty since I was a child. <laughs> it was like when you went into certain settings, it was just like you wanted to cover it up. It was viewed as like vulgar, lewd, or like what the hell happened to her butt? Right, you had to hide it. You had to hide like who you were because you didn't want like anybody to see you as being too provocative when it's like that's your exactly. body. That's like, who you, know, you it's are. Like, yeah, it's like, okay, wear a long bl blazer. But then came J-Lo and then it's like, okay, the white people I work with are no longer, you know, in shock by my ass because now J-Lo made it acceptable to have some butt. Well, no, but also like, don't don't make me go back to like the real childhood influences, which did you ever watch that show Kids Incorporated? Of course. It came on before Mickey Mouse Club. I remember the theme song. I can't sing it, but I remember the Kids Incorporated theme song. Martika. Martika was Cuban. Martika was like, you don't remember Martika? No. Nah. Before Fergie. Yes, girl. Uh, she had a single like a toy soldier. Okay, nobody girl, asked me to ever had, sing. I don't think we had cable. I think that's the problem. <laughs> so basically, like that's that's the thing. It's like we're literally sitting here though and picking out a handful of people where <laughs> it's like other I guess cultures can really pull and say like, oh, well, this is a person who was super influential that was out there that I could have, you know, looked at as a as a grown or as I was growing up. Um, you know, when I was little, I remember my mom constantly playing Gloria Stefan. You know what I mean? And so oh my God, yes. 
So I go back to that, you know, but that like, was amazing. Like, listen, this woman's energy on stage that here, my mom loved Gloria Stefan. She was just, what she did was huge. What was it? The Miami sound machine. Sound machine. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I remember that. back in the eighties. And that's where everybody was just kind of like, oh my gosh, like do the, uh, the conga? So, yeah. So she basically hit in the eighties and came up and brought you know, that awareness to pop music, you know? So, um, it's just, it's really interesting to see where we are from back then to even mm -hmm. just, what was it a couple of years ago now at this point, when Shakira and JLo did the Super Bowl halftime show, Gloria Stefan did it first. When you go through all of the artists, mm -hmm. how many have been Latinos? You know what I mean? So that's where it's like, you really have to dissect and see the reason why it's so important for us to put it out there for the culture so that this next generation of kids and young adults. Man, like there was the representation matters like a mother. I, I consume anything that's made for us because we have to support it. The actors, the shows, because finally we're visible and if we're visible that was like beauty and the baker i was like obsessed with that damn show it was based in miami con una familia cubana and it was just so yeah. cute and i kept posting it putting people on i'm like yo you would think i work for this damn show but i get so excited when i see our people on the big screen our culture our language we're making strides like I love what's happening. Well, but that's the reason why, you know, I think that I've definitely appreciated, you know, um, I have to be honest because I didn't really see a whole lot of Latinos when I was growing up in the industry. So I really appreciate my black brothers and sisters who were definitely the people that I turned to for influence when I was growing up. You know, I mean, there was no shortage of BET in my household and it's not being a culture vulture, but this is like truly no. what I grew up watching. So it's like I idolized people like Oprah, you know, um, people like Lisa Bonet that was on, um, you know, a different world, the Cosby show, you know what I mean? Like those were actually, yeah, those are all my shows that I grew up on for sure. And, and you know who I idolize and who I identified with a lot, Queen Latifah. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. I just felt like, look at her. She's not, you know, skinny as hell, you know, because when I was growing up, everybody wave, everybody was, she was just owning her body, you know, being aggressive, being from Newark, you know, just hanging with the dudes, riding the motorcycles. Like she was a total badass. And, you know, being overweight my whole life, it was just hard to see on TV, like other women that were owning it and proud of it. And she just walked in her shoes, like whatever, like she just had that attitude. And I loved her so much. I still love Queen Latifah. Like when I see her, I'm like, yo, I love you so much. You don't know how much you made me feel comfortable with who I was by just watching you be comfortable on television. But you know, but still to the point where she was never really the love interest in a lot of the shows, she was always like the strong character. And that's where I'm seeing that there does need to be a shift in Hollywood, you know? And that's the reason why I love that we are celebrating women of all shapes and sizes now. You know what I mean? Because there are young girls who are growing up that can, you know, look up to, I don't know. I'm just trying to and think she of was the there. boss. Remember she was the boss at the, at the magazine company. Yes. No, I loved it. I love yeah. it. But that's what I'm saying. It is like she was the boss. But then it's like, but you also want to see those people in different life situations. Do you see what I mean? So it's like mm -hmm. there are young girls who are growing up and looking at people like Lizzo now that are saying like, man, she's so confident and she's got she's rocking that body confidence. And, you know, she's shooting her shot at Chris Evans. I'm not oh, mad Lizzo. at it. You Listen, know what I mean? Lizzo is something else. Like, I love her. her she's a you force. Know she really is. She, it's crazy. She was at um, Missy Elliott when she got her start. 
a couple of months ago or something, um, Lizzo was there by her side. And I'm like, you know, it's crazy. Lizzo probably looked up at Missy and was like, yo, she's a big girl. She's a black woman. She's doing what she's doing. And she's an icon. I could do that too. So I'm pretty sure that the reason she was alongside Missy Elliott was because she was influenced by her as a young girl. A hundred percent. There it is. You know, yeah, it's, it's yeah, a cycle. Yeah. yeah. You and you can't deny that Missy Elliott shaped a lot of R&B and hip hop back in the 90s, 2000s, even just like the whatever it was that she had her hand in. It was a hit for that woman. It. That woman is a trailblazer. She is iconic. She's just like innovative. There's so many different ways that you could describe Missy Elliott. Like I, I hold her in like the highest esteem, not women wise, but just hip hop, period. She could play with the best of them. I know no, plenty. Totally. Of, I can. I know plenty of hip hop male stars that cannot even be in the same room as Missy Elliott. Even Cardi. Cardi. You know, some of her actions are questionable, but she's still one of ours. And girls, you know, she's making moves, and 100%. that's and that's what's that important money. to me. But we're definitely getting more representation now. Like I remember wanting to go to the movies and seeing myself, and I always went for black movies. That was the only way. That in my teens and in my 20s, I saw anything that felt like I could relate to. Right. In the movie theaters, in TV shows, I feel like we are being progressive. We have made a lot of progress. And I'm happy, you know, that Hollywood is finally understanding our value, how important we are, and that we are the majority out here in these streets. Well, I think Hollywood is starting to get it. I think they're starting, they're dipping their toe in. Mother's Day is coming, and mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. 
these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. I'll tell you, radio's way behind. Radio mm-hmm. is super behind, though. No, for real. Like, in putting Girl. women in these prominent day parts and positions, you know, and that's the reason why I take my job so seriously, because I'll tell you what, they, there is just not enough room for women period women. And then you talk about women of color. It's like, come on, man. You know, I mean, I had a conversation with somebody who is pretty high up in management and we were having a really like wonderful, intelligent, uh, you know, a very friendly discussion Mm -hmm. about, um, women of color and radio. And I said, you know, I personally can count on one hand on one hand, you know, in the New York market, you know, the women who are really doing something and, that to me is not enough. I welcome, I welcome the competition because I think that it's helpful to everybody. What about this, Carolina? What if I tell you, I probably know every woman in New York radio, like how crazy is that? It's like for me to know them, that means it's not enough for me to tell you, I probably have every single one of their phones here. Even if it's a a competing radio station, I still know them. That tells you we have a problem. It has to expand and I don't even know where to start with this problem, but I want to help fix it. Well, you know what? I just feel like if you guys have any people that we may have missed, because I'm sure we missed some of them. Truthfully, I wish that I was a little bit better prepared to talk. I mean, but but that's it. That really has been it for me coming up and like growing up. You mentioned JLo. And of course, she was one of the people that I looked up to. But like, yeah, man, I mean, there's just not a whole lot. Rosario Dawson. I'm trying to think, but it's like people who have had the longevity and, and the ability to be in this industry, it's like, God bless you because you've been doing the, the hard work, you know, Rosie now, Perez. come on, we got to do some honorary Perez. Perez. Yes. Come on. She's like, she was one of those first ones. Like I was like, Oh my God, she, look how she talks. And they let her be in a movie. And it's like, I loved it. I was just shocked. I was like, Oh my God, her Puerto Rican accent is still here. And they down with it. I loved it. White man can't jump. And that is such a great point is that they cast her because of who she is, who she was at that point in time and who she represented. And I think that is such a beautiful thing. So more representation for everyone. Uh, Now we're going to transition into the um, basura de celebridades. I love this celebrity trash. Um, So I want to focus on somebody who, you know, is very polarizing because you either love her or you hate her. I don't know why. I don't know why 
she gets such a strong reaction from people. But Angelina Jolie, you know, she is an actress, obviously. She is a fantastic philanthropic uh, representative for uh, the United Nations. She's a goodwill ambassador. I mean, she just, she has a lot of different titles that she has. She has production company, all this stuff. But when she talks about being a parent, it's really interesting because she was interviewed a while ago and they said, you know, what do you think about your parenting? And she said, you know, I'm not the perfect parent by any means. She said, every day I feel like I'm more aware of everything I don't do right. And I'm pretty tough on myself because I feel often, am I doing the right thing? Or did I say the right thing? And when I tell you, I'm a fan of Angelina Jolie. So I'm one of the people who actually likes her. Um, when she said that, I felt so seen because that is a feeling that I go through every day of my life. I'm just wondering. You know, it's crazy when she's made the statement. I was like, but you got six kids. You don't have it right by now. Oh my gosh. You know, it's true. And that's, that's a very honest statement. And I feel like there are a lot of people who feel, you know, the same way, but it's like my mom had six kids and we all turned out obviously different because we're all individuals, but it's like every single day. I just wonder, like my kids will say something and I'll take that beat. I'll take that moment. I'll be like, what do I say? So I don't fuck them up for life. Like I seriously do. I'm like, what is the right thing to do here? Because your instinct is to go back to the things that you were taught. Right. Uh But I want to break the cycle for certain things that happen in my life. And I don't want to pass those things on to my kids. So it's like, you're constantly questioning yourself. Did I handle that the right way? Should I have followed up and done this? Should I, you know what I mean? So just the fact that even somebody like Angelina Jolie, who has the resources that I certainly don't have and who has the help that I don't have, that she questions herself in and out of the day-to-day life. And that's the thing. It's like, I've learned one thing is to not be hard on yourself and to not go through everything that you've done in your head, but it's just so challenging. It's so incredibly hard. No, and for her, it's definitely got to be challenging. Let, let me set an example, right? Mm-hmm. Angelina Jolie is raising one black daughter, right? So it's like you weren't a black woman. So of course you're going to second guess your advice to her and what she's going to face in life. Compared to your daughters, right? Especially, or compared to anything she ever experienced. Or let's say one of her Asian sons. She is not a man. She is not an Asian man. So it's just like, I can see her second guessing everything she's doing because she's got a very diverse tribe and she's raising them, I guess, as a single mom, as far as the public is concerned. Right. So she's playing dad. She's playing mom. She's playing black mom. She's playing Asian dad. She's right. playing- no, but those are things that like, even, even just like, and I, I'll tell you like, yeah, you just definitely opened my eyes to kind of the struggle that she's been facing and everything that she has to face on a day-to-day basis, which I didn't think of. I was just putting it through the filter of I'm a woman raising two boys and that in itself is hard because you don't want to do things to kind of minimize their masculinity or how they view themselves as men. I mean, so those are the things that you totally think about. You just like, don't want, I'm like, I just go through each day thinking like, please, Lord, don't let me mess up my boys. Like, I just want to make sure that I'm doing the right thing by them. And like, when you become a parent, so many people give you advice, right? Oh, I can only imagine. Everybody's trying to help you raise your kids. Does do your in-laws get involved? Like, or do your does your mom get involved? Like, do they try to tell you how how to parent? 
You know what? My mother-in-law is very respectful. She's far away. She's in Florida. So she really doesn't give a lot of input, which I appreciate because I think that she understands kind of um, that her son, which is my husband and I kind of have this. Um, and, um, and she does respect that, but my mother, I will say this, my mom siempre me está dando consejo. And I'll tell you what, the older I get, the more I appreciate them. I'm like, mom, no, tell me, like, tell me what would you have done in this situation? And then I kind of put it through my own filter of, okay, I would have never done that. You know what I mean? Or I say like, that's like an, an old school way of doing it, but let me see how I can revamp it for today's day and age or how I can like apply that to my own sons and, and what they're going through. There are a lot of things that my parents did wrong. And, and I'm not saying that in an accusatory way. And there are so many things that they did right. But now that I'm a mom, I look at it and I'm like, they were just doing the best they could. Okay. Don't, don't open up that box for me as far as like what my parents did wrong. Um, because my mom was very physically abusive. Yeah. yeah. All of her kids. I'm talking like daily. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And that's one thing that when I have my kids, I plan to like not put my hands on them. Like I understand different moms have different methods, but. I can give you a long list, like, but that like physical abuse, I understand that back in the days it was acceptable. I'm glad that moms now, at least publicly moms denounced that type of, you know, discipline, but that definitely messed us up as kids. And now for sure, but that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like whenever I'm in a situation, I have to literally stop myself because my instinct goes to, you know, but then I'm like, no, you can't do that. You know? So you have to stop and take a breath and say, I need to manage my son's feelings right now. I need to let go of what I'm feeling yep. and I need to connect with him because he's struggling right now. Whereas our parents didn't do that. They were just, you know, kind of like bad. You're being bad. Exactly. Give us a whooping and send us to our room. You know what I mean? So that's where I'm saying that it's so challenging now to like, try to work through those issues and, and those things that like you face on a daily basis. Like there are days where my kids come home and they don't want to do homework, you know? So I have chart systems and I have this and I have stars and my mom's like, ¿Y qué esa mierda? you know, and it's like, I say, mom, Just like throw them in the bathtub and turn the cold water on. That's probably what she's telling you when they don't want to exactly. shout. And, and I'm like, mommy, it's positive reinforcement. Kids respond better to when you point out the positive things rather than the negatives, you know, and that's the reason why I feel like I do have a lot of negative self-talk because of the way that I was raised. But again, I, I adore my parents. I cherish them and I thank them for my upbringing because I think that it taught me a lot and I've had a lot of growth. So it's like, this is the point in time where I say like, I still appreciate you and I love and respect you, but like, I'm going to do this my way now. Mother's Day is coming, and mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. 
So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, do you have any parenting tips, Carolina, that you would love to share? Yes, I do. Down I, I actually do. Okay, here, here's my the most important tip. Okay. Don't take parenting advice from anyone. Nobody knows your situation. Nobody knows that little human that you created with you and your partner. If you listen to everybody and their advice, they're applying the advice that they've taken or that they're giving you from their own life situation, but they don't know what your little human is that you created. That's part of you, part of your husband, you know, they could have a child who's completely docile and, you know, reacts differently in different situations. You know what I mean? So it's like, I say, consider the source. I never give parenting tips unless somebody asks me for them. And then I always qualify it with, this is what works for me, or this is how I handle Asher or Noah, when they're behaving this way, you know, disclaimer a hundred percent, because you know what people do, you know, you, you need 
advice. You do. You need your community. And I don't shame people at all for asking or, or anything like that. When it's unsolicited, that's what I don't appreciate. You know, when you're in the grocery store and your kid's having a tantrum and a person says, you know, you should really, uh-uh, you don't know what happened before this. You don't know that my kid just went to the dentist for two hours and that he's exhausted and we have basketball after this and he's having a meltdown. You know, it's like, that's where I think people get in trouble with the whole parenting advice thing. You're like, zip it, lady. My kid had all his teeth pulled out. Yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, and, and you know, the one thing that I will say is like, anytime I'm out and about and I see a mom that is struggling, meaning she's trying to put her baby in the car and the stroller's there and she has the card. I'll say to her, do, do you want me to stand by your card? I, I got you. Like, I'll say, I have, I have a minute. Are you okay? And when I tell you nine times out of 10, they'll look at me and be like, Oh my gosh, thank you. Because they, I'm a mom. And I say to them, go ahead. I, I got your stuff. I'm, I'm right here. I'll stand right here because you're struggling with so many things at that point in time. And if we just took a moment to recognize that other people are struggling, that's, that's where I think Carolina, in the subway, the moms with the baby carriages, no elevator girl, them carriages be heavy, but I still be like, come on, I got you. Let's do this. Yes. I've done it. I've done it you lift up the front. <laughs> if this shit rip, it's not my fault. I'm not paying for this stroller. Let's go, girl. This kid is five years old. He shouldn't be in this bitch anyway. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, if you see a baby that's screaming, you know, instead of giving dirty looks because you can't mm -hmm. stand that the kid is screaming, you know, I've done it on airplanes. I'll say like, hey, you know, do you need anything? Are you OK? Can I help you? You know, because, no, I would have appreciated it when I was in those situations. The only time I can't take it is when I go out to eat. I've asked to be moved. If it's a couple of kids and they're not really controlling the kids, I'm like, hi, can I get a different table? Because I want to be able to hear myself talk. That's a whole other conversation though. You yeah, know, and I, I think I'm, that I'm usually super nice, but restaurants, I can't do it. That's the but only you have a You have a right as a patron to want to have a meal that you're paying for. That's nice. And the experience that you want, but like, I definitely think that, I mean, and this could be another episode entirely that kids sure. and COVID, you know, parents are really trying to socialize them and it is so hard. It really is. You're talking about people have missed out on almost two years of taking their kids to even something as simple as a grocery store, you know? I'm just so, happy that the kids are outside. And I just really felt like if things stayed the way they stayed, kids can really get messed up mentally, you know? But like oh, you said, sure. we could talk about that in another episode. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. That, that parent, parenting tip. Now I know have my baby and stay in my bubble. That's it. Don't let anybody penetrate your bubble. That is your child. You are the one that is raising him or her. And, you know, you get the final word. So speaking of the final word, you guys can follow us. Make sure you follow at L.I. Spanglish on Instagram and on social media. And make sure that you like and subscribe so you can get all of our new episodes. Yeah, that iHeartRadio app. Make sure you download it. Take it with you. And, you know, when you're you can even download the episodes before you go down into the subway, download the episodes and they'll just be there. You don't even need to have service to listen to us. Absolutely. And you can always catch us. Um, I'm at the real Carolina on Instagram. Hit me on Instagram. I am honey German. And we will be back next week, guys. So thanks so much for listening. Bye. Adios. Life in Spanglish is a production of Life in Spanglish Productions in partnership with iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. 
Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos, Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this hundred-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.